Welcome everybody back to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski. We got Owen Reese with us. We're gonna kick right kick it right off. We got a lot to get into. You know why? Spring football kicks off tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Bucky's fifth quarter will be there with some analysis not much i'm going to tell you that's going to really happen that's really going to happen that first day of spring camp uh and it's more you'll hear from paul chris at the end of that press conference but really not much uh you'll probably see see or hear uh just because it is the first day and they're not going to be in pads whatsoever but it is the kind of the second phase of the 2018 season already after winter conditioning and Owen, you know, the spring roster was finally released after impromptu uh, leak uh, by accident. It, it appeared uh, on the UW Badger site that was picked up by Jason Galloway last week. And first off, sir, how are you doing on this wonderful evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited for, uh, excited for the season to start. It's not the, se- it's not the real season, but Spring football starting leads into summer conditioning, which leads into fall camp, which leads into the regular season. So really, when you think about it, we're right around the corner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. August 31st, Friday night. I know some people aren't happy about that. Western Kentucky. Uh, on that note, and uh, we'll let's break this down real quick uh, before we get what Owen's also going to be here on. We're going to do four down territory. Our preview types are both offensive linemen, and defensive linemen. We're going to try to rip through those as quickly as possible while also updating the spring roster and what we're seeing. So we're still going through it. I got like 15 papers right now on my office trying to break down, you know, weights and whatnot. And, and we'll kind of give disclaimers on that, too, and just some trends that Owen and I uh, have seen as well but just uh, looking at some of the new names uh we know about the early enrollees right dante burton cornerback number four aaron crookshane is a wide receiver he was kind of he came in as an athlete he is now a wide receiver like many predicted number 11 safety reggie pearson number 19 wide receiver taz mustafa at number 81 and nose tackle and king of squats bryson williams number 91 uh, and then you have four other players that were noted on the new roster, you know, safety, Ryan O'Connell safety. And they're all yeah, three safeties and a punter, Jake Benzing, Brad Loffenberg, Connor, uh, Connor Schlichting is the lone, uh, looks like a walk on uh, punter uh, on that. So uh, he joins the specialist and, you know, so you have those guys and not on the spring roster, right? Owen, you have, as Jason Galloway reported last week, and let's give Jason some credit there for picking out and finding that online before anybody else could, before they took it down as it was not yet quote unquote finalized, according to what a UW official told Galloway. Uh, it is, you know, besides Billy Hirschfeld no longer being part of the program, we'll get into that in our defensive line preview. Nick Thomas, inside linebacker, fullback Jake uh, Wallen or Whalen, safety Blake uh, Melky. And then wide receiver Peter Roy are not on that roster along with Hirschfeld. And then position changes and, you know, Owen, you, you know, we talked about outside linebackers already earlier uh, this, a couple of weeks ago. Arrington Farrar, Farrar is now out, you know, an outside linebacker along with Paul Jackson, which Andy Baggett in his UW Badgers article t- a couple days ago, or yet, was it yesterday even, uh, mentioned who to watch for. No, it was no, don't mind me. It was today because we recorded on Monday. Paul Jackson may be a name to watch um, who transferred over from uh, wide receiver to outside linebacker. Jake Collinsworth, that fullback depth depth uh, at inside linebacker. And Deron Harrell is now a 
cornerback from wide receiver. And, you know, let's talk about this too. You have it in your preview article that Garrett Rand would be a defensive end. He was a nose tackle, backup nose tackle for Olive Sangopolo last year. Now he's Garrett, you know, now you're looking at him as a end and he's came in 270 pounds is what they listed him, uh, which is up from 272. That was previously, which was updated before the season. Your thoughts about Rand moving out to end potentially and uh, forming the Wisconsin wrecking crew with Isaiah Loudermilk. I think it's a good thing for him. Um, I think he's kind of taken one team really the past couple of years. Due to the uh, upper position uh, with the, with the Badgers, um, it's a multiple front, but really their base is a three, four. Uh, the important thing is that the two defensive ends five technique and one is a three technique. So the five technique plays outside of the tackle and the three technique plays outside of the guard. So while they're both listed as defensive ends, quote unquote, they're not on the outside of the defensive front like they would be in the NFL. Um, the five technique will play outside of the, usually the weak, weak side offensive tackle. Um, and that would be where Isaiah Loudermilk plays um, using his length a little more on the outside. Uh, and then Garrett Rand, who was a four-star recruit as a defensive tackle and really a three technique in high school, um, he'll play outside of the offensive guard um, to the strong side. So I think Rand, who has really been playing severely out of position, he's been probably 40 or 50 pounds light from what he should have been. Um, at nose tackle, at, at three technique, he'll be in a more attacking position. He'll be able to try to get up field. Um, I think he's more athletic than Connor Sheehy was. Uh, but with Sheehy, you took his stability and he was rock solid against the run. Um, because Alec James and, and Chikwe Obasi rotated at the five technique, uh, now with Rand at the three technique, I think that he's going to be a bit more disruptive of a player. Uh, that's what he was in high school. Like I said, he was a four-star recruit. Um, and that's something where I think he could really explode. I think a lot of people have heard the name, um, but you haven't seen much of him. Um, Sagapolu doesn't come off the field very often. Uh, so when with Rand really kind of stepping into his natural position, I think he could play pretty well. He looked good there last spring. Uh, he played there with some injuries on the defensive line. Uh, but once the season started, kind of came back and, and was that, that reserve nose tackle. So uh, I think Rand has some real potential to burst, as, as well as Loudermilk, who made some more plays than Rand did last year. But um, that's going to be the biggest change, I think, that most Badger fans are going to see. Now, looking at the Badgers, like those that, who could be out for the spring. Now, it's not official. I have not. We reached out. Bucky's fifth quarter did to see who officially will be out this spring for Wisconsin. Jeff Patrikas, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, though, uh, late Monday afternoon reported that uh, for spring injury updates, Quintez Cephas, Xander Neville, Bradrick Shaw are still out while they're recovering from injuries. He also included Michael Dieter with a leg injury, John Dietzen with his ankle. Uh, you know, Dieter was with a leg, Dietzen ankle, Dakota Dixon shoulder. He said also were out along with Garrett Groshek and Mason Stokey. Uh, and both though, they didn't give any reasons for Groshek or, uh, or uh, Mason. Uh, but then also on top of that, uh, saying Dante Carrier Williams, wide receiver Danny Davis, wide receiver Cade Green, and running back Mark Sari uh, are not expected to go tomorrow, and that's according to Jeff. And it's unclear how much they will work this spring. So I mean, we all know that what how this works, right, Owen? Where last year you saw 
the four potential contributing inside linebackers not show up. This is more a time, you know, for and for fans expecting the position battle to be fought out and won right away in spring ball. That's not how really Wisconsin works. They will build momentum, though, however, to players that play well. That will give them the chance to really maximize their opportunities in fall camp and getting reps there uh, so they make the most of their spring camp. That helps, you know, jump momentum into fall camp and where players can really show their stuff and win those reps and win playing time then in fall camp. Absolutely. And I think for the, for someone or for a team like the Badgers who um, are returning really quite a lot on offense and they did this a bit a year ago as well. It's not surprising that they have many of their known players um, taking some time. Uh, John Dietzen, who is very often injured, especially in the lower body, um, to give him the spring off isn't surprising to me at all. Uh, and someone like Michael Dieter, who also, like you said, uh, has a leg. Um, someone like Michael Dieter, who's going to be his, coming into his fourth year as a starter, um, Joe Rudolph is more concerned with having Michael Dieter healthy for, sp- for summer workouts um, than he is seeing him take some reps in the spring. But you're absolutely right that some of the other, the younger guys, they might not win starting positions in the spring, but but you're dead on that that they can absolutely win some reps in fall camp and win some opportunities. Uh, and that's something that you saw a year ago. Uh, Cole Van Lannen, uh, and it wasn't immediate, but Cole Van Lannen and Patrick Castle played um, nearly the entire spring last year. Van Lannen was the backup left tackle and Castle um, started at right when Dave Edwards was at left. And that was, uh, pay, ended up paying dividends really because in the bowl game, um, you had Cole Van Lannen come in and, and be that extra heavy tight end, that jumbo set tight end. Um, and Castle ended up uh, coming in for Dave Edwards, who was benched uh, partially due to performance, partially due to injury, um, probably injury leading to performance in the bowl game versus Miami. So um, just the fam- the familiarity in those type of uh, environments against a defense like Wisconsin uh, can absolutely lead to the fall and, and lead to some, some opportunities uh, coming into camp, which... Um, especially we were just talking about this a bit off air, I think it's pretty easy for some of us uh, away from the team to kind of think of these guys like NFL players because they play the same sport and they're on – it's it's a, it's a full-time thing. But really, these are 18- and 19-year-old kids, and confidence is a huge thing. So the more confidence that you can gain in spring ball by playing well and getting reps, that absolutely leads into the summer, which can be contagious and, and can be uh, – can lead into the, to fall camp as well with some momentum. So – um, especially the way the, the Badgers run spring, it's very competitive in practice, but the game itself doesn't have a ton of weight. Um, definitely more leads through that, that development, um, culture that the Badgers have really been known for getting the most out of their players. So, um, not like I said, not, not a ton of, of starting positions to be one, but absolutely some confidence one for the players and two for the coaches in, in these spring practices. Absolutely. And you guys go to Bucky's fifth quarter. You'll see my notes on which positions I'll be watching. And and I give that disclaimer as well. Like this isn't going to be, these positions aren't going to be one out right away, but you'll get a good glimpse of who could win out at opposite uh, Andrew Van Ginkle at outside linebacker. Who will it be Randon Loudermilk at defensive end? And who's like, will Keldrick Preston or Craig Howe or David Paff have that opportunity to, to shine at defensive end? You know, who's going to line up at cornerback opposite Dante Carrier Williams. And if he's injured, like Jeff Petrikas reported, that gives guys like Caesar Williams and Madison Cohn, Dante Burton, a true freshman, um, 
uh, Fayon Hicks, uh, others opportunities to shine as well in the spring, uh, especially safety too. I want to see what Patrick Johnson, I want to see what Eric Burrell do and uh, who replaces the likes of Natrell Jamison and Joe Ferguson. So, you know, it is uh, on that note, you know, let's run and we're, yeah, we're rolling right now. Let's go real quick. Four down territory. We talked about some trend. We'll talk about some of the trends that we saw and maybe weights or whatnot uh, a little bit. But let's talk about offensive linemen. That's why we got you on the show because you were a former college offensive lineman uh, for Carroll University. Uh, I got that right this time around. Correct. Well, pioneers. Okay. Go. Yeah. All right. See. And then I saw you nod because you're on video here, uh, and I am not because uh, I'm the voice of Oz basically right now. Uh, but you also have. Looking at what's going on with this, t- you know, with offensive line, we're going to go four down territory. That's our format. Our first down is always uh, who's gone. And this is really easy, Owen. Uh, maybe I'll answer this. No one. Uh, everyone returned. Bo Benchwell returned. Uh, David Edwards didn't really, it sounds like, according to reports, didn't even really think about uh, leaving. And then Michael Dieter, who was the big question mark, returned. And you know, uh, going in the second down, you know, even though he is reportedly not going to practice uh, along with John Dietzen, what are the big names? Who are the big names? Are those guys the big names? I mean, the front five, you know, the starting five should be the big names to know in the second down for Wisconsin's offensive line, right? Yeah, and I think when teams, uh, although Joe Rudolph does rotate offensive linemen a bit more than probably most coaches in Division One, um, which is more of an effort to get all of their talented players some time. I think chemistry is probably the most important um, of all of the positions on the offensive line. And that's something where uh, the, the Badgers are in a unique position where they return all five starters from a year ago. Uh, and last year, even they returned four of five. So it's a very veteran group. Michael Dieter will be a, a, four, a fourth year starter this year. Bo Benshaw will be a three and a half year starter. Uh, coming up this year, Dave Edwards will be in his second year. Tyler Biotish will be in his second full year as a starter. Um, and John Dietzen, along with Micah Kapoy and Jason Erdman, make up three left guards that between the seven, top seven, uh, maybe if you include Brett Connors at eight, have probably played 80 to 95% of the snaps uh, among offensive linemen for the Badgers over the past couple of years. So they return a ton of experience, a ton of depth. Uh, something that uh, I'm probably going to write an article about pretty soon, um, discussing the depth along the offensive line and and how Paul Chris has gotten it to where he wants to be. But, yeah, the the front five in particular, uh, Michael Dieter at left tackle, John Dietzen at left guard, Tyler Biotish at at center, and then Bo Benshaw and David Edwards on the right side. Those are the guys to watch. Those are the the moneymakers for the Wisconsin offense, and returning all five of them, uh, it's a pretty rare thing to do. Uh, in, in college football, so uh, very interested to see how much chemistry they they carry through. Like we talked about, a couple of them aren't won't be practicing much in spring, if at all. But uh, carrying that that continuity and really being able to identify uh, on defense, um, very very valuable for an, for a veteran group like that. So it makes things easier for everybody. So it'll be interesting to see how they go coming into fall. I, uh, expectations should yeah. be turned all the way up for the Wisconsin offensive line. And going in third down with this group, you know, we talked about the big names and you already talked about Castle and Van Lannan uh, as well. Who are you going to watch now with, you know, like I said, Dieter and Dietzen, like, I mean, they're, like you mentioned, they're this, you just stated who could all be around. Uh, but who is your name? 
who's your, you know, who to watch outside of the bigger names uh, this spring to help get those reps. And I mean, uh, to me, it, it, it's Van Lannen, it's Castle, especially with Dieter out. Uh, and we'll probably see Erdman, I would predict, at left guard. And then you swing over and you have Van Lannen at left tackle and, you know, Ben Schwal, And then you have Edwards on the right side, though. I feel Castle could probably get some more reps, too. I, I mean, even Edwards played on the left left side of the line for most of camp last year before Dieter took over that last week of, uh, of spring camp. So, I mean, but in my opinion right now, I think Castle and Van Lannen, the redshirt sophomores, uh, former four-star standouts, I think they have a ch- chance to really showcase what they can do uh, here in spring and gain even more reps heading into fall camp. Absolutely. Those two, those are the, um, those are the big ones to think of. They, like I said, they both got time a year or late in the year last year. Um, and really for a couple of years now, because there's been so little turnover along the offensive line, those are the names that have continued to recycle. And well, when are they going to get these guys on the field? What chance do they have? When are they going to beat someone out? A lot of the narratives that um, that have kind of been pushed around, I think those are those are really two of the ones to watch. Uh, Brett Connors will be a redshirt senior at backup center. He could get some reps, um, but with as well as Biotish played last year, I think he's more more so a coach on the in the in the coach's room um, and on the sideline uh, for such a veteran group. And the only other name I would probably entertain uh, or think about would be Caden Lyles, who was a, a big four-star recruit last year, uh, came in. Uh, red-shirted, the younger brother of Caray Lyles, the quarterback. Uh, and while I don't think there are a ton of reps to be had, uh, I think his ability to play guard and center is something that uh, the Badgers don't have a ton of. I know Jason Erdman had to play center a little bit last year, I believe, during the Nebraska game. Uh, Biotish got nicked up a little bit. But other than that, um, like I said, and he jumped Brett Connors. So I think that's that speaks more to what I said earlier. Um, so I think Lyles would be the next one uh, in waiting. Uh, he could be he could be a guard after this year when um, when Benshaw leaves. But really, I think his versatility will be a good way for him to get on the field. And I think that's probably the only other non-popular name to watch. Um, not not without reason though, as those guys have, like you mentioned, Van Landen and Castle have really been waiting to get on the field for a couple of years. It's a depth is a good problem to have for Joe Rudolph and Paul Christ, and we're here with Owen Reese on Bucky's fifth quarter. Fourth down is actually the name that uh, is the sleep my sleeper pick, uh, and that's our fourth down is who do you think could shine that could earn those that could possibly break through. It, with offensive line, it's tough. I think it's Caden Lyles. I think it's a former four-star prospect uh, out of Arizona, then later Middleton. And I wonder what he can bring. Uh, and, and you talked about him and Connors. Connors still was listed at the end of the season at depth chart as the number two center. But we'll see what he, you know, as an interior lineman where Lyles plays. But honestly, I feel that, you know, I mean, if he continues to progress and, and we'll see what even with, with some of the other linemen that were in that class where Tyler Beach, uh, Logan Bruss, Alex Fenton, how they progress and they've gained weight. And we talked about trends and you and I talked before we started recording this, that, you know, a lot of those first year players going into their second year are gaining that weight and that in Ross Kalaji's weight conditioning program, uh, the strength and conditioning program there. But I, my, my sleeper pick is, is Lyles. Yeah. And I think really, um, while this year there isn't a ton of, of depth to really exhaust as far as predictions, because like we talked about, um, there are just so many of them that have really been projected for a year or two to be the next ones to take the field. And I, whether you want to see it as fortunate or unfortunate, they haven't really been able to due to the 
continued back and, and whatnot. So I think if you really want to dive deep, because, and we talked about this before as well, as easy as it is to look into the future um, and really look beyond these players' careers away, uh, probably a little quicker than you than they would like to, um, after this year, they, lo- they will lose – uh, Michael Dieter to graduation. They'll lose Bo Benshaw to graduation. They'll lose Brett Connors to graduation. Um, they'll lose Micah Kapoy to graduation. And likely lose David Edwards to the NFL draft after he considered it uh, maybe well briefly this year. So I think that's something to really keep in mind is that while the offensive line is, is very stable this year, um, it's, a, it's, it's a very good thing to have all that depth behind them because next year – you could have four or three, excuse me, three new starters, and and as much as Rudolph likes to rotate guys, four, five, six guys um, that are really getting playing time for the first time uh, outside of Biotish and and Dietzen and Erdman. So um, while it might not be the sexy thing to look at right now because you're looking at guys number 11, 12, 13, and 14 along the offensive line group, in two years, they're going to be very heavily dependent on so i think that's probably my guess like i said van lanning castle and lyles are all probably the the easy sexy names to look at but those those are really the things to kind of keep in consideration is that while these guys don't have a ton of uh opportunity or upside probably in 2018 as long as wisconsin has anything to say about it uh 2019 will be a a big time refreshing change on the offensive line so um that that's probably the story to see how those redshirt freshmen and redshirt sophomores continue to develop heading into um, 2019. As, as, as odd as that is to say, uh, it's the reality of where the the, uh, the position is at right now. We're here with Owen Reese. We're going to go straight into defensive line here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Make sure you guys follow us at B5Q at Reese, R-I-E-S-E draft for Owen. And then at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O-B5Q on the Twitter. And uh, we got maybe about seven minutes before I have to make sure my boys are in bed. So we're going to keep rolling uh, four down territory. You know, we're going to, this will be a pack seven minutes defensive line. You lose, you know, first down it is, you're losing three huge starters, Connor Sheehy, Chikwe Obashi, Alec James, two of the three Sheehy James, Potentially going, you know, they'll be at Pro Get Day, uh, from what we believe, and uh, for uh, on Wednesday, which you and I will both be there for. So hopefully, we get a chance to talk to those guys if they would like to make themselves available. But you know, you also have, uh, I mean, those are big guys that are leaving, plus Billy Hirschfeld. Uh, so that defensive line, and uh, heading in the second down, I mean, you know, who's coming back? You know, nose tackle Olive Sangapolu, and then. You know, some younger players, those that have contributed in, in Rand and Loudermilk. But it's going to be hard to replace, and I don't have the exact stats here, but if I'm not mistaken, Alec James, Connor Sheehy, and Obashi played, I think, in over about 140-some-odd games uh, during their time. Possibly, I think, near 150. No, it was over 150, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in their time. So, I mean, it's huge, and it's going to be, even going a second down, who's coming back, you know, Loudermilk and Rand are going to be the big names but you know, who do you, else do you think could stand up in this defensive line group? Uh, yeah, I think like you said, the the, the heaviest rotators in last year were were Loudermilk and End, and then um, and Rand and backup nose tackle, who like we discussed earlier, will be playing three technique. It'll be interesting to see. I think I would venture to say, 
and I've been wrong before, I would venture to say that the, uh, the Badgers will likely rotate more along the defensive line this year um, than they did a year ago. Last year, uh, they had, as you mentioned earlier, heavy, heavy experience. And that's something that uh, Coach Leonard and Coach Chris, really, and Coach Brechterfield as well, were really able to lean on. Um, something that Connor Sheehy and Alec James and Chikwe Obasi had seen probably nearly everything there was to see as a college, a collegiate defensive lineman. They'd played in the Big Ten Championship game. They'd played in multiple bowl games. They've played at Ohio State. They've played at Michigan. They've played at some of the tougher environments in, in the country, really. So those guys could be a steadying presence. Those guys could really be, um, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the year before, they were really were as well. I think the year before, uh, the starters were the three of them rotating with James and Obashi as co-starters at end, um, and then Sagapolu on the defensive line. So really, for two years, that's been the rotation. So I think uh, with Rand and Loudermilk, I think they'll be prominently the, the, the defense, quote-unquote defensive ends. Really, Loudermilk, the end, and, and Rand, the tackle, with Sagapolu at nose tackle. Um, but with like you mentioned, with, with Hirschfeld gone, he didn't get a ton of run, um, but the very little that was left after uh, the, the, the top four or five, he did get. Um, so that's something I think Williams has a huge chance to contribute immediately. I know we've talked about this before. Um, with Sagapolu really not having a backup due to some uh, recruiting issues uh, at the position, they had Jeremy Patterson, who left the program a year ago to transfer, uh, Garrett Rand playing out of position, some other guys that they haven't really had a ton of uh, a ton of depth at, at nose tackle, and I think that's someone where Bryson Williams probably helped uh, with his situation to come into UW, saying this is going to be a top ten team nationally, and I have a chance to get some significant playing time as a true freshman. Um, right, 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 and maybe that, maybe that goes into our third down. Right, who who's the watch out of this group? You know, we mentioned you know Brand and Loudermilk in the beginning too. Uh, with that, you know, Bryson Williams is one of my guys. I don't think he's a sleeper in my uh, fourth down. I, I have my own personal sleeper, but I think Bryson Williams, you see he's physically ready. That video that he posted, 550-pound squats, three times, three reps at that weight. Uh, like Garrett Rand has the ability, in my opinion, to contribute early as a true freshman. He has the physical tools. Now it's just making sure that he gets down the technique and playing at the college level at the, the speed and, and getting down at the, the techniques and the playbook for you know defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. You know, he's my pick to watch, but I also want to see, you know, on that level, Craig Howe, you know, David Papp, you know, Keldrick, you know, Keldrick Preston and Preston's my sleeper is a, is a foreshadowing, in my opinion, as someone that could really step up, I think, with his athleticism, the Florida native. Uh, but, you know, I, I, right now I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what Williams and then how and Papp do uh, with this team. Yeah, I think <clears throat> something to note, too, with Williams is that while Rand was a, a four-star recruit, he was – I think I believe um, listen at six foot one and two hundred and sixty one pounds by twenty four seven when he came in. It's a different body type for sure. Um, and while they might get play the same position uh, initially, Bryson Williams is listed at six foot two and three hundred and six pounds. So much more. Um, while Rand has very impressive upper body strength for such a young young man, um, Williams I think I believe much more prepared to. Uh, much more prepared to contribute early uh, due to his size and girth in the middle. And like you mentioned, um, some guys like Craig Howe, uh, David Pfaff, and 
Um, even I think Keldrick Preston, you're right. I think he's a different type of athlete at that position. Um, he and Loudermilk, probably the two most impressive. Uh, but Preston, moving from outside linebacker, is around 250 pounds. Um, and that's something where you kind of saw it with Alec James. He was probably up in the 265 to 270, but one of the lighter guys on the defensive line. Three four front, uh, and you can do some stuff with that. You can be a bit more versatile uh, when your starters are out of the game or when you're rotating in and out. That you have a, a kid who played outside linebacker for a few years, and uh, as far as what Coach Leonard likes to do with stunts and movement, Austin has a guy to be has a chance to be very disruptive. Um, while he he brings something to the position that even though while he's learning a new position he has things where he can contribute immediately. And that's a good way for him to get on the field. While he might not be the true uh, five-technique defensive end like the batters would like him to be, he has certain traits in his game that contribute immediately uh, to playing time, which is something that most people when switching positions don't have. So I think that's something I think you're right, that Preston could, um, while he's smaller and, and less, has less experience, has more upside, per se, at the position than the other two have. So that'll be something to watch in spring as well. Right. And apologies for this, by the way, it's David Foff. It's F, they pronounce it. If you go to the UW Badgers website, it is Foff. So Foff. So apologies to David there. So uh, we will refer to him as David Foff from now on, uh, on that note. And so, uh, you know, fourth down before we wrap up the show, when it comes to looking at the sleeper of the pick, I mean, me, it's Preston. I think he has the ability to, to step up, as I mentioned earlier. But I also want to see what Aaron Vopel does, that redshirt freshman, 6'6", 298. You know, I joked with you about this earlier. I think him and Isaiah Loudermilk could form the Wisconsin version of the Twin Towers for uh, in terms of a pro wrestling uh, joke there. But, you know, I think those two, uh, you know, I think Eldrick Pressing has that opportunity. Uh, who do you think could be a sleeper out of this group? I don't think you're far off with, with Volpel. He's got uh, – he and, and Loudermilk have, have some of the length that the, the Badgers just don't have. Um, Foff and, and Craig Howe um, are, are bigger bodies. They're not small by any stretch, but, but being 6'6 or 6'7 is a big deal uh, as far as, as length and, and getting um, getting extension and being able to two-gap, um, which the Badgers don't do a ton of, but having the ability to do it uh, can certainly be pretty valuable. So – I think those two are definitely people to look at. Uh, I know Volpel in particular was, uh, by a lot of recruiting services, was very kind of lauded as a very diamond in the rough, under the radar type of guy who the Badgers got recruit got committed, if I recall correctly, very early. Uh, I believe like the October before, or uh, excuse me, the the February before his senior year of high school, um, after a junior day. So he's been a guy that that. Probably, and and even while he plays, the nature of the position he plays won't get a ton of fanfare. Um, but he has a playing type or playing time type body immediately as a redshirt freshman. And so I think you're right um, that length and, and ability to uh, be long and tough for offensive linemen to block on the edge. Uh, he'll play five technique as well. I think that's something that could get him on the field. Um, and it's another one of those things, like I mentioned with Preston, he might not be the complete process or complete puzzle right now but he's got certain pieces that are that are um playing time level and that's something that can get him on the field while he continues to develop the rest of his game Owen, oh, it's been great having you on my friend we're going to wrap up the show here on bucky's fifth podcast where can people find you on the twitter i mean on twitter at reese draft r-i-e 
E S E draft. Uh, look for the handle. Don't look at the display name. It's pretty manic and can be pretty football related or pretty not football related. So um, make sure you look at the at and not the display name, but uh, it's about draft time. So it's time to pretend to be a bit more professional um, for a few months, but yeah, you can find me on there. Um, usually a lot of Badgers tweets, a lot of Packer tweets and, and draft content. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you're, you're gonna be busy. You and I are, but you and I are both gonna be down there coming up uh, on Wednesday at Pro Day. So you guys, make sure you guys follow Bucky's fifth quarter. Our Twitter Twitter account at B5Q. Follow Owens at Reese Draft. Follow me at JCocoB5Q. And we'll have interviews. We'll have video. We'll you know check our Twitter feeds there. Check Facebook uh, for this podcast. You know we'll have some interviews. Hopefully that'll play later on uh, as well. So uh, on that note too. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play, like us on TuneIn, subscribe on TuneIn because we want to give you guys the best Badger-centric coverage out there in podcast form. So uh, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. We'll have specialists come up in the next episode. Drew Hom and the Big Roast will return too as we break down our March Madness brackets and Team Chaos hopefully will reign, but we'll go from there. We'll see who Drew picks as we head into uh march madness and the ncaa tournament that is starting tomorrow really with the with the playing games and then starting then uh, officially on thursday too so uh for everyone here for owen reese this is jay kokorowski again thank you guys so much for making time to listen to bucky's fifth podcast y'all be good get ready for spring football folks Thank you.